the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's Friday night. Yes, it is. And we are into hour two of Friday night before we wrap up tonight's show. And and in fact, um, I'm going to begin hour two of tonight's show by actually finishing our wrap up of hour one because I didn't have enough time uh, to to let Bob Walters share with you a new program. He was he was uh, we ran out of time before he got to share with you guys something new happening with We the Kids. So, Bob, thanks for holding over during the break. So finish telling everybody about this new program. Okay. Well, they spent a lot of time. They got a 25-page report on this national radio program that they're planning to launch in the coming months throughout the nation, which will be on every major station and, and, and country and state in the country, for directed to kids and the parents about patriotic uh, themes and historical accuracies. And they're looking for sponsors to help them finance the cost of running the these one-hour shows in all of these stations around the nation. And details on that can be found on, on wethekids.us also. All right. Well, they're a great organization. In fact, I'm wearing it. I'm still on restriction from Facebook. That's why we're not doing Facebook Live tonight. I got 21 days, Bob. Um, but if I was streaming live on Facebook right now, people would see that I'm wearing my We the Hit, We the Kids cap. I'm not wearing the We the Kids t-shirt right now because it's too cold outside to be wearing a t-shirt, a short sleeve t-shirt. So uh, anyway, so they've got great gear. Another way that you can support them uh, by going to their website and getting really cute hats and t-shirts to wear. All right, Bob. Walters, I am officially letting you off the hook. You are done for the night, my dear. You may go forth and enjoy your weekend. I'll go get warm. (laughs) Thank you, honey. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye now. All righty. So, hmm, let's see. What should we talk about? Should we do a little update and talk about our favorite hoaxer, Jesse Smollett, and the tuna salad sandwich? Okay. So, uh, or do you want to talk about... The Joe Rogan and Russell Brand interview that's pretty, pretty amazing. I think we're going to have some fun and talk about Jesse Smollett. Did you hear, Skins, that he has filed an appeal of his conviction and he's wanting a new trial? <laughs> because Fox Nation is set to release a five-part documentary on the hoax. I don't, what, I don't know what Fox Nation is, but whatever it is, is I, I don't know. Is that a part of Fox News? I don't know who they are. Um, but it's going to at this, this new five part documentary is going to actually have an interview with the, with the Osendero brothers who are going to speak publicly for the first time. (laughs) This is going to be so good. So, um, he's, um, he got this, this guy got special treatment. 
He had Michelle Obama stepping in and trying to stop any, you know, any investigation after this man wasted time and resources. I mean, how many police officers were launched to go investigate him and this whole thing? And, uh, the, you know, he, I don't think he ever, uh, paid any, I don't think he reimbursed the city for the amount of money that was wasted. He tried to start a race war in the United States of America. He defamed 75 million Trump voters by claiming that it was Trump supporters in MAGA hats claiming this is MAGA country. That's serious. To continue to propagate a lie that MAGA is racist. He's racist. He should have been uh, uh, he should have been uh, charged with federal crimes involving hate crimes he's the one who literally committed a hate crime and perpetrating this hoax and he should have faced charges from the federal government for that this is the kind of stuff that continues to perpetuate the lie that trump and maga are racist and it's divisive he clearly did it because he thought that it was going to you know um amp up his failing acting career but the problem is, is his acting was so bad, <coughs> I don't know that anybody believed it. <clears throat> oh, remember that Robin Roberts interview with him on ABC? It was just so foul. Um, so he was he was finally convicted. <clears throat> they tried to they tried to do everything they could in, in uh, Chicago. Uh, the prosecutor there to not bring charges against him, and eventually he was charged. <clears throat> because he made it so public, they they really, in the end, had no choice. He ended up being convicted in, oh, remember him screaming and yelling after he got convicted in the courtroom? He was convicted of five counts of disorderly conduct <clears throat> for lying to police. Uh, <clears throat> let's see what his claim is here for why he deserves a new trial. He claims he had been railroaded. <clears throat> The Oh, the brothers did testify in court. I didn't really ro- watch the trial. Um, but they were seen on camera buying the very items. They were seen on camera in a store somewhere buying the rope, right? I mean, the evidence was just... Oh, and there was also the canceled checks, I think, that he paid the brothers. I mean, come on. He's claiming the court... Um, Let's see what he's accusing the courts of. I don't really see what he's what, what I don't really see in this in this article here what his basis is for a new trial. He doesn't even have any basis for a new trial. So, thank you Jesse Smollett at least for the laughs. The this story that that continues to smell worse than a, than his tuna salad sandwich. He's as phony as the tuna salad is at Subway, by the way. Um, okay, so um, I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time talking about it because I don't know how the Alec Murdoch trial. I don't know how many of you guys out there. I don't not you know my you listeners out there. Some of you guys are true crime watchers, but I don't know that the majority of my listeners are true crime watchers. This case was incredibly complicated. Um, I started paying attention to this. Uh, story pretty much when it happened in June 7, 2021, when Alec Murdoch's wife and son were brutally murdered in South Carolina. Of course, you know, it's it's because of the, his family connections. And then, of course, immediately 
starting to hear more of other mysteries surrounding this family about a young man named Stephen Smith who had died, a housekeeper who died. Um, I didn't know about the financial crimes then. Then, of course, not two months later, he supposedly, you know, somebody tries to kill him on the side of the road. I mean, just a crazy story. Um, I didn't. The trial went on for six weeks. It was um, most of the TV commentators were saying that the prosecutor was failing and didn't make their case. I knew all along that he did it. And one of the things that aggravated me about all these so-called commentators, including my favorite legal commentator, Emily D. Baker, who continues to claim even after he was convicted by a jury in South Carolina, uh, claimed all throughout, she continues to claim she wouldn't have even brought these charges. The judge himself said the evidence was overwhelming of his uh, of his guilt. And I and 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 I was disappointed with so many of these TV commentators basically insulting the intelligence of southern jurors that because it was so complicated that because it went on for 6 weeks and because they weren't allowed to take notes that they were too stupid to be able to connect the dots. Well, you know what? They connected the dots that were really quite obvious. I was a fan of Emily D. Baker, and now I'm not, because I think her obvious bias against Southerners was grossly on display. I think that the one jury who spoke out in Good Morning America this morning kind of perfectly wrapped up this case in many respects, and it also gave me a a chuckle, clip five. What did you think when Alec Murdoch took the stand? (sighs) I didn't think much of them. Really? Really. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any true remorse or any compassion or anything. Even though he was, he cried a lot on the stand. He never cried. He never cried. What do you mean by that? All he did was blow snot. (laughs) Did you not see tears? (laughs) No tears. How did you know he wasn't crying? Because I saw his eyes. I was this close to him. All he did was blow snot. That's the trial in a nutshell. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, and all you TV commentators from the North and from the Midwest and Emily D. Baker from who grew up in L.A. and her obvious liberal bias because he was neurodivergent and he was a drug addict and ADHD. This man was a murderer and it was obvious. The evidence was overwhelming. And he took the stand and insulted the intelligence of that jury by pretending to cry for a day and a half and basically being the criminal the criminal defendant witness version of Amber Heard in the Johnny Depp trial. And I encourage people that when we have high-profile cases like this, that even if you're not a true crime fanatic, even if you don't love the justice system, you're not interested in a law like I am, it's incredibly, it's a great opportunity for American citizens to witness our justice system. At, at play. One of the things the judge said today to this man, Alec Murdoch, was he said, I had to remove your family. He said, your family controlled justice in this town for a 100 years. I had to remove the portrait of your grandfather from the courthouse so that we could have I could provide a fair trial for the state and for the defense. He knew Alec Murdoch. He said, you have, you have tried cases in my courtroom here. I've known you. They all knew each other. Justice was served in this courtroom. And all these, and I get it. I know that Metter sounded just like the prosecutor out of my cousin Vinny. 
But you know what? This prosecution team and SLED did a great job. Were mistakes made? Of course, mistakes were made. And why were those mistakes made? Because it was Alec Murdoch. That's why mistakes were made. Concessions were made for him. He was uh, His story was automatically believed in spite of the fact that it smelled the second he called 911. But because he was Alec Murdoch and his family had controlled justice for 50 years in that town, they didn't do a great job in the investigation that night because they automatically believed him. This was a man who walked around with a badge hanging out of his pocket in order to intimidate people. Justice was served. That courtroom ran great, by, uh, uh, was uh, almost as well as Ascarati did in running the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. He was fair to both sides with, uh, with evidence. I want, you to, I want to play a little clip from Abe Hamaday, who ran for attorney general in Arizona. It's not that long of a clip. I, I, I want to play some comments he made. I wasn't really, really going to spend a lot of time on them, and I haven't spent a lot of time on the trial, but I think this is important for America because our Department of Justice has become so corrupt, and that corruption has, has filtered down to every level of our court system. But justice was served today for America. Play clip two. Abe, did you see anything during the trial that will lead to grounds for an appeal? I don't think so. The prosecutor, he was very meticulous. You know, there's a lot of people who are critical of him, mm-hmm. especially some of these TV attorneys. Yep. But the real good prosecutors understand that these cases are complex and it doesn't have to be so theatrical. He was very good at letting at letting Alex actually be able to you know hang himself. I mean, the fact that he took the stand, I think, was such a mistake on the defense's part. But ultimately, a defense attorney can't control if the client wants to take the stand. It's up to him. And you know, I don't think that did him any favors whatsoever. So the prosecution, they did such a good job at keeping all the politics out of it and keeping the emotions out of it. And I think that's what's so key. So I don't think there's going to be many appealable issues with this. And, you know, they're not seeking the death penalty, so the standard is going to be a lot lower. We'll see what the sentencing is like tomorrow, but I'm not sure he has many mitigating factors. I think, in fact, there's a lot of aggravating factors. So, mm-hmm. you know, we will ultimately see what the judge decides well, we can, to rule. We can this. stop it there. That was, that was last night before the sentencing today. And, of course, uh, the judge just, in, in the most brilliant, calm, Michael Corleone fashion, basically just destroyed him today. A judge, by the way, who lost his own son at the age of 40 in January from sudden adult death syndrome, cardiac arrest. Man, I'm crushing over Judge Newman. This was this was a case in where the most one of the most powerful individuals in in the, the justice system in the South. Was prosecuted in spite of his family and who he was. The prosecutorial team was dedicated to bringing justice in spite of who he was. The jury ignored who he was and did their job. The court was run smoothly and fairly. On a, on, uh, any questions on appeal? I, th- I know what they're going to try to appeal on. I don't know that it, I, 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 and I think they've got some arguments to make. I'm not an attorney. I don't know if they're good arguments. They're going to claim that all the financial crimes should not have been admitted, but absolutely the door was opened by the defense for them, that, that to be admitted. And it was absolutely relevant, as the judge said. And the other, the other appealable issue is, is, is when he was being cross-examined, he was asked by the prosecutor why he didn't come forth with changing 
uh, with with the change of story that it was at the kennels. And, you know, they're they're going to allege that under our Constitution, that was a violation of the Sixth Amendment. Once somebody has been arrested, they have the right to remain silent and to question him under oath as to why he didn't is a violation of the law. But I don't know that that's going to work either, because he I think he had been arrested at that point, but not for the murders. At that point, he had been arrested for the financial crimes. So without getting too much into the weeds there, it did my heart good like the Amber Heard Johnny Depp case did. It did my heart good to watch a trial and see justice taking place in this country, to see the prosecutors being forced to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. It was not a cakewalk for them. This case was very complicated. They had the burden of proof and they had to rise to that level and they did. And an incredibly powerful man didn't get away And the motive, and by the way, the Emily D. Bakers who didn't understand what the motive was, you need to, you need to do some more true crime if you want to be a commentator on this kind of case, because quite frankly, the motivation that the state put forth of somebody wanting to keep their secret private life from being revealed is pretty what, pretty much one of the most common motivations of murdering a family member. Right. Um, there's too many cases that I've that I've seen that involve that. It doesn't mean I'm not pretending I'm an attorney, but it's a very common motivation motivation to commit murder when somebody's got a private life that they're desperate to try to keep hidden for a variety of different reasons. Justice was served. What he did was absolute evil and he will spend the rest of his life in jail for it. Justice was served today. And we still have the the greatest system of justice in the world. And it's wonderful to see it's still at work. And that's great. So we're going to take a break. We come back. Speaking of justice and our Constitution, is that at work in Florida when it comes to reporters and free speech? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K show on the answer San Diego. I could use a donut about now. I'm hungry. <laughs> all righty. So, um, did I tell you guys, did I mention on air that, um, Ron DeSantis had a book signing in Florida. Did I mention this, Gens? That he had a book signing in Florida? Don't and, think so. And um, Laura Loomer was outside with a bunch of Trump supporters wearing Trump shirts. And DeSantis's people sent out uh, uh, security, or I think it might have even been a sheriff's deputy, to tell them they weren't allowed in. And they had to leave. I don't think that's a good look. Now, I also don't think that Loomer should, I, I, I'm kind of tired of her stunts, you know, I haven't had her on the show in a long time, I was a big fan of Loomer's, I don't like how she was canceled, um, but I'm a little tired of the stunts. Um, last time I interviewed her, I was actually at CPAC, and um, I had her on the show, and then the next day, I think um, she didn't, they, her credentials had been revoked for some reason or another. I don't remember what. And then she showed up the next day and tried to get in and to cause a big scene. And it just, it just didn't feel like that was the, it, it just didn't work. It's like, you know, you don't need to do stunts. Um, I don't think that, I don't think it's doing Trump any, I, I don't like that DeSantis didn't let him in. 
Uh, I don't think that's a good look for DeSantis. I also don't think this whole Ron, De, uh, you know, DeSanctimonious and, you know, ball, you know, meatball Ron. I don't think that's a good look for Trump either. What do you think, Skins? Do you think that because she was out there with Trump 24 signs and all this stuff that that DeSantis should have let him in anyway? I would have. I think he should have. I think he should have. What's he got to lose? Yeah. I don't think it's a good look to to be sending people away. It looks like he's suppressing speech and it looks like he's just, you know, I think he should have invited him in and said, you know, hey, um, you're invited him in to a book signing to buy his books, not just invite him in so that they could stand there and scream. So, you know, I think he I think he should have I think he should have set somebody out and said, you're welcome to come in if you're going to come in to participate in the book signing and sign the books. Because that's what this event's about. If you're just going to want to come in and, and hold an anti-Ron DeSantis protest and disturb the event, you're not you're not welcome in. So I think they just should have maybe set some boundaries on that. Um, there was a headline that Ron DeSantis was also trying to squelch free speech by requiring bloggers who write about him to register with the state. But he's actually not the proponent of the bill. It's actually a uh, Florida senator named Jason Brodeur, I think, um, or Broder, I, I think in, in Louisiana we'd pronounce it Broder, um, from Lake Murray. He introduced legislation. It's uh, Senate Bill 1316 Information Dissemination Bill, and it would require bloggers to register with the state. Um, here's what he says in the bill. Those who write, quote, an article, a story or a series of stories about the governor, the lieutenant governor, a cabinet officer or any member of the legislature and receives or will receive payment for doing so must register with state offices within five days after the publication of an article that mentions an elected official. If another blog post is added to the blog, then the blogger would would be required to submit monthly reports on the 10th of each month with the appropriate state office. They would not have to submit a report on months with no content being published. Um, Additional compensation must be disclosed later on. Uh, Failure to file these disclosures... um, or register with state officials if the bill passed would lead to daily fines for the bloggers with a maximum amount per report, not per writer, of $2,500. The per day fine is $25 per report. Um, the bill also requires that bloggers file notices of failure to file a timely report the same day that lobbyists file their disclosures and reports on assessed fines. Uh, this is just, this is, this is crazy. This is insanity. This is this is Republicans trying to squelch speech and in anybody that dares to speak up and write about them. The idea is is that it's going to stop dissemination. Um, why do, why would this stop dissemination? This isn't about fact checking. This is about trying to squelch speech. Brought to you by Republicans. Do you see any? Is am I missing something here, Skins? Be my check. You're you're a good check and balance on me. Is there something I'm missing here that justifies why a blogger? And it's specific to bloggers. And bloggers are really your citizen journalists. And let me tell you, bloggers have done some of the best work of investigative journalism in this country. Yeah, they're free thinkers. They're free thinkers. They're independent. Am I missing something? Do you see anything positive here? Do no, you I think? Mean, think about it. I mean, if there is independent journalists so to speak but they're bloggers you know they, they they write for themselves and a lot of them make very little money so they're doing it to you know have their voice heard yet all they're doing is squelching speech yeah putting onerous regulations on top of somebody is there anything in the constitution 
that 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 you have the right to free speech you if you right register to, with the state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not free speech. I can't think of anything good here. I can't think of any positive, any any remotely reasonable explanation for why this is appropriate. And it just goes to show this thing about, oh, red states versus blue. This is in the most red state we have in the that's country. What I was say. If, if DeSantis were really all about freedom, he would be standing up against this. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Am I being overly, um, am I putting DeSantis too much under, under the microscope? This is what I do with every candidate. And what I will do uh, regarding Trump going into 2024. We need to all be putting them under a microscope. We need to not be just glomming onto somebody immediately um, without really paying attention. Uh, right now, our top two candidates are Trump and DeSantis, and I'm going to be paying attention to everything that, that these two are going to be doing as I make my decision going into 2024. Both of them have to earn my vote. And I can tell you right now, I can t- with surety, I can tell you right now, my vote will not go to Nikki Haley. I'm not. The Republican Party is not going to pick our candidate. It's not going to be misestablished. What about Mike Pence? <laughs> is that fool still thinking he's running? I think he is. I haven't heard anything. And his running mate is the fly. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think? He, I think that it. I think that Pence is probably going to partner with Nikki Haley. I think he's going to probably try to co- cobble a coalition with her. That would be smart. Not yeah. that they would win, but it would be smarter. Yeah. Um, somebody that I've been telling y'all for a while now that, you know, initially I liked Mike Pompeo. I met Pompeo when I was at a Brigitte Gabriel Act for America event back in D.C. back in 2016. And he spoke. And of course, the Act for America is about policies that protect the nation, a lot of national security stuff. He was the head of the CIA at the time and he, when he spoke at the event. Um, but to me, Pompeo has revealed himself as being very, very establishment because um, his time at the CIA, did he get the Muslim Brotherhood declared as, as a terrorist organization? Did he make that happen? No. Um, Pompeo is now, he's made some noise about wanting to run for president. And now he's taking jabs at Trump and saying he, uh, that uh, Friday, I, I'm not sure if this was at CPAC, uh, or not, but he he um, said that it, he was knocking quote celebrity leaders not in tune with reality, and um, basically taking jabs at Trump that he you know has lost elections and just oh he he said this at CPAC. We can't become the left, he said, following celebrity leaders with their own brand of identity politics, those with fragile egos, egos who refuse to acknowledge reality. Let me give you a dose of reality, Mike Pompeo. You don't have any greater chance of becoming president than Mike Pompeo or Nikki Haley. And you're going to go to a conservative, you're going to go to CPAC and use establishment, Jeb Bush, Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, talking points. And think you're going to get, you're going to win the straw poll. (laughs) Hat tip to you for losing weight, because that's probably the only greatest success that I see for you in recent times. So good for you for losing weight. You look better than you ever have. Now get off the stage. I'm going to take a break when I come back. You know who actually we should be listening to? Who's one of the most cogent, coherent voices of conservatism and freedom is Russell Brand. You heard me. Russell Brand. 
Same Russell Brand from the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which, by the way, is one of my favorite comedies. We're going to play some clips from Russell Brand on Joe Rogan when we come back. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Do I have a tapeworm, Skins? Because it's like all of a sudden I just... And I had a snack before the show, but it's like I'm ravenous all of a sudden. Do you know what it... I've always heard that that means you, you, it might mean you have, I have a tapeworm. I would go to the doctor for that one. <laughs> I You're can't supposed tell. to be my answer man. <laughs> I would just... Andrea, the answer is easy. You wrap up the show and you go to your favorite local Mexican food establishment. You get yourself a carne asada burrito. That's what I need. You know, Friday night is usually my pizza night. Uh, Got to go Mexican. But yeah, I'm craving. Yeah, I'm craving Mexican tonight. But it might I had be, Mexican last night. It might be carnitas. I might need that. Okay, so Russell Brand was on uh, Joe Rogan, and Russell Brand. If you've never seen his YouTube channel, I have. I mean, he amazes me. With his content and his ability to go so deep philosophically and from a political philosophy standpoint, when I was a political science major, um, we, we had two tracks, one which was the civics track, government, the other was political philosophy. So I studied political philosophy, and that's one of the reasons why I love Russell Brand so much. And, and he speaks really fast, and we've got a clip to play for you guys, uh, but and, and in this one-minute clip... Where he goes uh, uh, is is so brilliant that we had to share it with you guys. Um, I, I'm war- we're warning you in advance that he talks really fast. We can't really slow it down, um, but we're going to play it for you, and then Skins and I are going to share our analysis of it. Um, and this this he was on with Joe Rogan. They talked about a lot of things. We've got another clip that has to do with um, media, but this is his. So this take- is the one from tonight. Yeah, what's that? Is this the one from tonight or no? Last night? We're going to start with the one from last night where he's talking about uh, COVID and um, his take on um, the situation in regards to COVID and the shots. The rhetoric yeah. has become hysterical and the horse medicine was the same. They had a, the option of saying, look, we don't know that there's no evidence as yet that ivermectin is effective in these spaces because no one's trialing it because there's no money in it because science is a subset yeah. of big pharma and the economic imperatives are rivaling. No one's doing experiments into natural immunity because natural immunity is not profitable. No one's doing those. Those experiments are not being underwritten. There's no clinical trials for that because no one wants that data for vitamin D or for steroids or for all of the things that came out yeah. as ultimate effective once the profits have been gleaned and then how can you expect to maintain the authority how can you expect to sit behind those logos of cnn and msnbc and claim that kind of piety and certainty and the the way that they were like outraged by it was astonishing like a kind of a how dare you how dare you have this credibility how dare people listen to you and i think that it's precisely because of a willingness to listen one day to a left-wing person a right-wing person some people with some crazy theories some people talking about egypt some people talking about mma that 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 that's how people are now. People don't want that kind of centralized authority. It's over because of the way that technology has afforded people access to a variety of news sources and a counter narrative for any story can emerge almost at the same speed as a narrative. So now the price of authority is legitimacy. Authority has to be legit. Wow. There was so much he included in there. Let's talk about it. First of all, you had a theory as to why he's talking so fast, Gens. Uh, I've heard other people that are uh, on the same page as him in a lot of ways. And one, and there might be other reasons, but one reason that I know that people like that 
with content like that speak so fast, it makes them really hard to edit for sound bites. I am so impressed with his ability to weave together in and out complex themes and 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 in such a rapid fire manner. And he starts with talking about, uh, you know, natural immunity, something that we've talked about. Why are they not? Last night we reported that more than half the world will be obese by the year 2035. And why is that being pushed on us? Why, why didn't, why did, was there not one public service announcement from the CDC, the NIH, the NIAID warning people that the number one comorbidity and cause of death for those with COVID was obesity, morbid obesity. And they intentionally put people inside their homes. And what was one of the main industries they shut down? gyms right you couldn't go and work out you could go to a strip club but you couldn't go and work out why because they don't want you they don't want any focus on natural immunity in fact they pushed for things that were it were the opposite that that actually damaged your immune system and made you more susceptible to disease and encouraged obesity and why for the very reason for what russell brand is talking about there's no money in it for big pharma to focus on natural immunity he also talked about ivermectin but he not just ivermectin he also talked about the steroids, which is the z pack right? He talked about vitamin D. He said there's no money in the vitamin D studies. The, the treatments for COVID actually extend beyond just the ivermectin, right? It involved iver, a combination of ivermectin, azithromycin, a z pack and or doxycycline with zinc, with vitamin D. You need the hydroxychloroquine to deliver the zinc into the system. And all of these things were proven treatments that were denied the American people. And why? Because there was no money in it. Then he translated and, and transferred and, and transitioned into talking about the media. Joe Rogan, we've got a clip to play about the media in a second and their role in this. And the media's role is the third prong of the stool to transform us into communism because when they're able to control the message, right, and convince the American people that ivermectin is a horse dewormer, that's a huge part of it. But he goes on to say when it comes to the media that he, he's talking about the fact that uh, the American people are rejecting this kind of central centralization of power, a central government controlling our lives and a centralized media trying to control the message. And that's why he talked and he talked about th- there's so many other ways in which we can get our information. And the final thing he talked about that was so important and so brilliant was and, and as it relates to uh, the big pharma push and denying immunity in the media, he then he wraps it all up with the fact that the American people, not only do we not want a centralized system of power, we want with authority, we want there has to be legitimacy. There has to be legitimacy, and they don't have it anymore in this area. And you know how he is right? Let me tell you how he's right. Tim Robbins, far-left partner, I don't know if he's still with Susan Sarandon or not, but uber-far-left Tim Robbins has come out and said, I agree with Woody Harrelson. It's time to end the charade of Hollywood doing COVID testing and mask mandates on sets and forcing shots on people. Everything Russell Brand said is correct. Let's play the uh, Rogan clip of him talking about CNN. CNN don't even consider that what they're saying is dangerous and harmful. And and now we're at a point where it's sort of it, that, that their approach to it may have been counterproductive in the most basic medical ways. And they weren't able to have that conversation because of financial imperatives and because they're basically owned. Well, they're a, they're a propaganda network. Yeah. I mean, that's really all they are. They're, they're just a propaganda network. And I used to think they were the news. And I think at one point in time they were the news. And I think somewhere along the line, when pharmaceutical drug companies started spending so much money, I mean, you've seen all those clips brought to you by Pfizer, Anderson Cooper brought to you by Pfizer. 
there is no way they can be honest. There's no way. If you're, you're accepting money from the very people that you now have to hold criminally, criminally liable, mm-hmm. and they have been criminally liable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have the, the highest criminal fines of any companies ever for crimes like like what they've done lies lies covering up evidence and they just pay a fine and go back to work yep truth right there oh if the left could get rid of joe rogan and russell brand if you're not subscribing to Russell Brand, you really should be. His his YouTube channel is amazing. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got Hear of the Week and Stink of the Week. And Skins actually has a little review for you guys. If you're looking for some entertainment this weekend, you know you can count on Skins. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. All right, wrapping up tonight's show. Okay, Skins, uh, you got a review for us tonight? Yeah, uh, it, it all depends on if people want to uh, to venture out into the realm of Disney+. Plus. I know some people have pushed back. They don't subscribe to Disney. They don't go to the theme parks anymore. I, for one, it's one of my guilty pleasures. I have loved Disney since I was a kid. It is hard to give it up. It kind of keeps me sane. I'm picky and choosy about what I watch. But if people are fans of Star Wars, and Disney is the creator right now of all new Star Wars content with Lucasfilm. Just this week was dropped Season 3, the premiere episode of The Mandalorian, starring Pedro Pascal, and it is a banger right out of the box. Lots of action. It's If you're, again, a Star Wars fan, I think that's something that people are really going to enjoy. And, hey, when you have Grogu, he's like this little tiny... Mini Yoda, if you know who Yoda is, Andrea. I do know who Yoda is. I do know who Yoda is, even though I've never seen a Star Wars. People call the character Baby Yoda. He's adorable. Oh, good. Well, you know what? Look, um, I actually, when you and I were talking recently about Disney, uh, and there was this whole making fun of Disney, Disney adults, I think, story happened. And I got an email from one of my favorite listeners, Mo, and she was like, I'm surprised you and Skins are so positive about Disney because the corporation is so woke. For me, it's really about I still love Disneyland. I haven't been since the prices are so outrageous and this whole reservation thing and the way you get tickets and all that. But I grew up loving the, the parks, Disneyland, Magic Kingdom. Um, but, um, I don't really watch any Disney movies. Um, but look, I think it's, I think, um, it's pretty hard to get entertainment these days only from, you know, Christian and conservative outlets. So I try to not be too hard on anybody that wants to have a guilty pleasure, like watching Netflix or, you know, or, you know, something from Disney. I don't think you're ever going to agree with a particular company 100% of the time. Heck, with Disney, we don't agree with them a lot. But if they are putting out something of quality, I say go for it. Well, I think it's a, it's a personal choice. So I get where you're coming from, Mo. Um, all right. Here of the week and stink of the week. What you got for us? I got nothing. <laughs> tough to find a hero. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. I, you know, I think in terms of a hero, I might have to, I might have to, oh gosh. Hero is a big word. Um, I don't know that I would say hero of the week, but I, I, I got to think that Woody Harrelson and Tim Robbins, two icons in Hollywood, 
for being as vocal as they are right now about and Woody Harrelson saying we got to end these mask mandates on set, the COVID forced COVID testing. I had to be tested to to go to Dr. Phil. Um, I mean, sure, this is the type of stuff that as big as they are and have had great careers. I mean, they could get canceled tomorrow. They could. And Woody Harrelson said this is not a free country with this going on. And, you know, um, and Tim Robbins referred to it as a charade. And I think that anybody who's and I don't know what Tim Robbins's work prospects are, Woody Harrelson either. Um, but I do think that it's it is risky to speak against the um, the narrative coming out of the left if you're in Hollywood. And so I, I don't know that I it's hard for me to give them hero status. But the but when we do hear of the week, it's not it's not in the sense of. You know, somebody who's, you know, Mother Teresa. Okay. It's somebody who's done something bold that we think is, you know, um, worthy of mention, worthy of praise. Right. If you've got an idea, we've got a, you know, a minute left, 888-344-1170. I might also put Russell Brand in that category because this is somebody who was a rising star and was was very successful in movies. And now he dedicates pretty much all of his time on his YouTube channel with a very conservative freedom constitutional message. Oh, sure. And I'm, I'm sure he gets tons of pushback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of stink of the week, no, oh. I, I, I'm going to give it, Andrea. I'm going to give it to Trump and DeSantis. They they need to stop bashing each other. Yeah, that's some stink that we don't need. We we don't need that stink. Both between sides our, just need to cool it. Yeah, because we need them to join forces together. Even we if really, they're not going to be on the same ticket, hey, totally <sighs> fine. But you guys are not the enemy, right? And it's it's and it's and it's not the time. It's just not. Um. It's not the time and they aren't the ones, you know, to, to be bashing each other. They are they're two leaders of our conservative movement. Neither one of them is perfect as a candidate. Oh, they need and, to look at the establishment and they look, need to look at the Democrats. Yeah, I don't believe that DeSantis is what Mike Lindell referred either. to. I don't believe he is a Trojan horse. His he, actions have said otherwise. Yeah, um, he's 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 proven his conservative bona fides as, as governor uh, uh, to a degree. On a national level, he's got a lot he's got to prove to me. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to Bob Walters. Thank you, Skins, for always uh, helping me do a great show. 844-814-5227 is our 24-hour hotline. Give us a call. We'll see you Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.